Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about cancer season. We'll be taking a look at the energies and mythologies behind the sign of cancer, and then the transit surrounding this new moon in cancer, and then we're going to shift gears and take a look at the full moon and Capricorn energies, the opposite sign from Cancer. And extra bonus, this month, these are both eclipses. What? Let's kick things off by listening to the track To the Moon by the artist Juno Dream. And we'll be right back with the rest of the show. Let's jump right in and take a look at that cancer energy and just what makes it rock that hard little shell and those little crabby claws so we don't get pinched too hard unless it's just on the butt and you're into that. 
Cancer is the fourth sign of the zodiac, the first and most volatile water sign, a cardinal sign, and it's ruled by the moon, so it's extra sensitive to those cyclical rhythms of nature. Cancer can often feel constricted by society, partially because it's naturally bound by an energetic exoskeleton, so to speak driving it to protect those squishy insides, but also because its opposing sign is Capricorn, who is ruled by Saturn. And that's pretty heavy energy in terms of structure. Ideally, Earth signs like Capricorn give water signs like Cancer the foundation on which to flow freely, or even give them the channels through which to conduct their energy. Water that isn't given proper access to channels to flow in a calm manner can become destructive, flooding and even drowning everything in its path. And this is an energetic metaphor, so keep that in mind. Cancer is represented by the crab, and I like to think of them running happily back and forth on the beach with gentle waves lapping and the sun shining. The water flows freely, supporting all kinds of abundant life, supported by the sandy earth beneath their little crab feet. I was on my way to New York recently to teach that summer solstice class, uh, and I was on my flight, and I sat down in my seat on the plane, and the gentleman next to me polite me at politely asked me why I was traveling. Uh, so I, I just mentioned that I was teaching a class on the summer solstice. His ears seemed to perk up and he asked me what the subject I was teaching about was. So I, I sheepishly kind of admit, you know, um, well, I'm teaching an astrology workshop in Brooklyn uh, when he gets this confused look on his face like, uh, wait, astrology, you mean? And, and I head him off and I just say, yes, it's a study of the planetary energies. He admits that he doesn't know much about that, but his ex-girlfriend only dated him because he was born in the month that he was born in. And then he invited me to guess which month. Uh, by the way, I, I kind of hate this game. Any seasoned astrologer will tell you that your rising sign has more of a bearing on your outward appearance than your sun sign does. Not to mention genetics, but, or, you know, the fact that there's nine planets and they all have a, a sign and a say. Um, so this, you can see how this game just sets astrologers up for disappointment almost every time. But I should have known right when he asked me like what month he was born in, uh, I should have guessed he was a Cancer right away. Instead, I guessed that he was a Scorpio, mainly due to his intensity, but I also uh, said that I think he probably has some prominent Capricorn uh, in his chart, maybe a Capricorn rising, because he had this sort of intense um, brow and nose shape. Um, and that is, you know, more associated with our appearances uh, being in a, a rising sign position. Since I personally have a stellium in Scorpio, I pick up on watery energy rather easily, but it's easy enough to confuse one water sign for another without having birth info in front of you as reference, going solely off of a 10 second conversation. Uh, he said his birthday was July 7th, so of course, I wish him a happy solar return and I also mentioned that Mercury was going retrograde on his birthday this year, so that'll have far-reaching effects for him. Um, and uh, it'll have a, an impact on other cancers because when your solar return happens, it colors everything that goes on for the next year and is based on your location on the planet too. So I thought this was an interesting story to just highlight how, uh, how 
perceptive and interesting cancers can be in astrology. Um, but also, just to give you all a little heads up, if you are a cancer or you're, maybe your moon's in cancer and you feel very strongly connected to the energy of cancer, just to be aware that your solar return is going to be colored by this uh, all these intense retrogrades we have going on right now. Um, so just a little food for thought. Oh, and by the way, it turns out I was totally right about the Capricorn rising as well. I feel like this story kind of sets us up for this episode because Capricorn and Cancer are on an axis. They're opposing signs, but they're also working together in a way that's harmonious. Um, that supportive energy of Capricorn goes a long way to making sure that the emotional waters flow constructively from Cancer. And that's what water needs. Cancer season comes to us after all the chattiness of Gemini season, suggesting we have some stuff we want to reflect on on a deeply emotional level. That's one of the key feelings and themes of Cancer energy. It feels deeply and as a result can come off as a bit moody because it's just so in the throes of experiencing those feelings that it doesn't necessarily censor itself. I mean, unless it's tempered with some earth energy or uh, some mutable signs in some way or another, um, or maybe even some, some air signs because air signs can be a little bit more emotionally distant. So that can help balance out that reactionary cancer um, moodiness a little bit. But really with cancers, you have to look beneath the surface because there's a lot going on there than just what meets the eye. In mythology, the sign of cancer has to do with the goddess Hera, who's also known as Juno uh, in Roman mythology. And Juno is also the name of one of Jupiter's moons, which is completely appropriate uh, as she was uh, Jupiter or Zeus's wife. The story also involves Hercules and a little crab. Hera was intensely jealous of Hercules because she was mad at Zeus, basically for stepping out on their relationship. She used Hercules as a scapegoat for her misplaced feelings of anger, frustration, and jealousy. This all started because basically Zeus disguised himself as a woman's husband so he could bet her, and then she became pregnant with twins, one of which was Hercules, who was half-god and the progeny of Zeus. When she realized what happened, Hercules' mother was terrified of a reaction or retaliation from Hera, so she exposed her child Hercules, and the goddess Athena took Hercules as an infant all the way up to Olympus and gave her to Hera, who suckled the infant herself. Um, it was actually this act of nurturing, uh, even her her enemy, which she didn't realize was her enemy at the time, by the way. She just looked at it, saw a baby, and was like, oh, you're hungry? I'll feed you. And it was actually her her gift of nurturing that imbibed the baby Hercules with his heroic strength that's still legendary today. And while all this sounds nice, uh, Hercules' mother was right to be afraid of Hera's retaliation because retaliate she did and she did it over and over and over again basically making Hercules poor life a living hell um she eventually drove Hercules to killing his wife and murdering his children not once but twice and it was after this that he was trying to absolve himself of this terrible guilt that he felt 
from these murders that he committed during a blind rage driven crazy by the goddess Hera. And one of the things he was tasked with doing was fighting the Hydra. And the Hydra, if you know, you might be familiar with it from the movie, the Disney movie, but basically it was a serpent dragon that every time you cut off one of its heads, two heads would grow back in its place. And then soon it would be four, six, eight, you get the idea. So while Hercules was dealing with that, Hera sit down a little crab because the Hydra just wasn't enough. And the crab was pinching Hercules on his little toe while he was fighting this super many-headed beast. So just kind of adding insult to injury. But Hera uh, was really kind of enamored with this little crab's tenacity. And that's another key word for cancer is tenacity. They will not give up. They will not stop fighting for what it is they believe in. And in this case, the crab felt like, you know what? I like this girl, Hera. I want to be on her side. So he went for Hercules with everything he had with those little crab claws. And uh, eventually Hercules struck down the crab by stepping on him. Um, But as a reward for the tenacious little crab that fought so valiantly and intensely for her, Hera rewarded the crab with its own consolation in the sky, in a way, its own immortality. And that is the story of the constellation of Cancer. I think this story really does help to illustrate the qualities of Cancerian energy. Both the feminine, nurturing, home-focused energy of Juno and Hera are embodied in Cancer, but also its darker tendencies as well. Every sign has a dark side and a light side, so don't take it personally if all you Cancers out there listening. Cancer is one of the most antagonistically aggressive signs of the Zodiac, and it's usually fueled by an emotional sense of injustice. So with these themes in mind, the themes of revenge, jealousy, aggressiveness, sadness, as well as nurturing, let's talk about the Cancer New Moon transit and the fact that it's also a solar eclipse happening. Solar eclipses are a time of new beginnings since they, by definition, happen during the new moon phase. They can be a spontaneous new beginning for some of you with sensitive planets, and a sensitive planet would be any planets being in the sign within a degree or two at 10 degrees and 37 minutes, since that's where this eclipse and new moon happens, and the sign of Cancer. And, uh... You can have a planet at that placement and any sign and it still be sensitive, by the way. It's just that number 10 degrees, 37 minutes that you're looking for as that mathematical signal to let you know that, hey, there might be something up with my chart during this eclipse transit. The new moon occurs on July 2nd at 3.16 p.m. Eastern Daylight Tide at 10 degrees, 37 minutes in the sign of Cancer. And the sun will also be in the same place because... That's how a new moon is made, by the way. (laughs) Mercury will be at Leo pretty freshly at just 3 degrees, 25 minutes. Venus is still in Gemini, but just barely at 28 degrees, 58 minutes. While Mars is freshly in Leo at 0 degrees, 31. Which, by the way, that first degree of any sign, that ingress degree, can be really dramatic. So that's a, like, and that's in Mars 
and at Mars and at fire sign. So that's a signal that there could be some sort of fiery, aggressive, proud energy flying around on that day. Jupiter will be retrograde still in the sign of Sagittarius at 16 degrees, 48 minutes. Saturn is at is still in Capricorn because it's it's a long transit. Retrograde at 17 degrees, 43 minutes. Uranus is at 5 degrees, 57 minutes in Taurus. Neptune is retrograde at 18 degrees, 41 minutes in the sign of Pisces, while Pluto is retrograde at 22 minutes and 10 degrees in the sign of Capricorn. Our North Node is in Cancer, and our South Node the, the node that is most related to uh, karmic baggage and latent lazy tendencies is in Capricorn. Let's look at these aspects more in depth. The sun is opposing Saturn, which is a big one. Um, this can suggest that there might be some danger or even the sense that whatever means necessary to justify the outcome is okay uh, on this day. And this is going to be true all through Cancer season since Saturn is still in Capricorn. Um, So it's not just this one day. It's going to be more like the whole month. Um, The sun is sextile Uranus. It's also a slower moving planet. So that's going to be true for most of the month. And this is... Uranus is just a really unpredictable planet by definition. And with the sun working harmoniously, it can suggest that there's uh, unpredictable events that can work out for the best for sure but so be prepared to take advantage of any opportunity that comes your way it could pay off big for you especially since the sun is also trying neptune and neptune being the tra- the planet of dreams and the subconscious this unexpected event can kind of help you to more carefully align with your true calling of destiny and that's funny that word destiny is key here since we're talking about a solar eclipse as well. Um, Solar eclipses are thought of as meetings with destiny, especially in terms of new beginnings. The moon, of course, will be in Cancer, and Cancer moons are super emotional, and um, they can be also kind of vulnerable as well. Uh, Possessiveness might be an issue on this new moon in particular. Uh, The moon will be conjunct Mercury, and it it means that we're going to want to talk about feelings on this day. And then, because the moon is also conjunct Mars, we're also going to want to do something about it. And it could be something really impulsive and quick because Mars is going to be in that fiery sign of Leo. The moon is also opposite of Saturn, which suggests that this might be actions that come from a place of not being happy versus doing something because we're being fueled by joy. We're being fueled by a sense of discomfort. And of course, discomfort is uncomfortable, but it can be a gift in the sense that it can get us to understand and look within and figure out what it is that's really important to us. So yeah, while it might not be the most like fun party time day, it's gonna be, um, I think it really could be beneficial for those of us who need to do some soul searching. And this, of course, is gonna be exacerbated because eclipse season is, I mean, 
talk about wild, unexpected, out of the blue stuff that just seems to come from absolutely nowhere. Um, And this new moon in Cancer marks the kickoff of the summer eclipse season. And those who may or may not know or might be new to astrology, eclipse season brings with it some kind of earth-shattering news. And of course, not every single eclipse will affect every single person. But if you have any personal planets close to that 10 degree, 37 minute mark, um, and any sign or have Cancer or Capricorn factoring strongly in your charts, then we can get a hint at where or how the eclipse bombshell might show up in your life. So for example, my moon is at 11 degrees and four minutes Libra, which is within orb of being, you know, somewhat in play during this eclipse. And this moon is going to be square to my natal moon in Libra. And so this might suggests that I have some challenges in my sixth house of career. So I might get some crummy work news within 10 days of this eclipse. I hope not, but if I do, then you heard it here first, folks. As I was doing some research about eclipses for this episode, I stumbled upon an astrodentist article written by Isabella Podlaska, who put it really succinctly when she wrote, Around the time of the eclipse, a week or so before and a week after, even a seemingly insignificant event can create the so-called domino effect. First, we might feel the tension rising, and then we get ourselves into a new situation, feelings that we can't turn back anymore. This is why during the time of eclipse, we have to be really, really careful to watch what we do, when we do it, and with whom we do it. Generally, a feeling of decisive and irreversible events taking place often accompanies every aspect that eclipses form by transits to those personal sensitive points in a birth chart. So take heed, check your charts, and be very mindful of how you choose to spend your time and your thoughts and energy over the next month. Because with eclipse season, you just never know what little thing might just be that straw that breaks the camel's back. With new moons, it's not as bad as with full moons, and that's because full moons bring with it the the I mean the full moon being the full moon eclipse, which is the lunar eclipse. It's not as bad because the full moon eclipse is an ending of some sort and endings can be way more challenging and emotional than a new beginning can be beginnings tend to be hopeful and you have all this these ideas about what it is you want to do so i mean beginnings might not be so hard to deal with whereas abrupt bombshell type endings can just generally be a whole lot more challenging so with that in mind let's take a quick music break and then we'll come back to talk about that full moon eclipse in the sign of Capricorn. We'll be right back.
That was the song Eclipse by the artist Wooden Ships. So let's go ahead and jump into the Capricorn full moon. The Capricorn full moon is also known as the Thunder Moon, which is a name that comes from the Algonquin tribe because during this time of year, there's a lot of really massive electrical storms that tend to take place in those northern forests. There's also a name for this full moon that comes from the ancient Chinese because it comes from a festival that happens around the same time called the Hungry Ghost Festival. The name of this moon is the moon of the hungry ghosts. I was looking at the chart for this full moon and it looks like a seesaw. It's kind of crazy. Almost, almost everything bar two planets um, is in opposition in one way or another. And it's just, it's pretty crazy intense looking. So let's go over these positions. So the sun will be at 24 degrees uh in the sign of cancer the moon will be in 24 degrees in the sign of capricorn mercury will be in leo it will be retrograde and venus will be in the sign of cancer at 16 degrees mars will be in leo at nine degrees Jupiter will be retrograde in the sign of Sagittarius at 15 degrees. Saturn will be also retrograde and the sign of Capricorn at 16 degrees. We've got Uranus coming up next at 6 degrees Taurus. Neptune following that at 18 18 degrees Pisces, who's also retrograde now. And we've got, and by the way, he's also retrograde in the, the new moon. Sorry if I didn't mention that earlier, but I meant to if I didn't. Um, Pluto is also retrograde at 21 degrees Capricorn. And so, I mean, we've got several major planets in retrograde here, and they're all in opposition. So, and it's an eclipse. So all bets are kind of off the table as far as what's going to happen because that is truly, truly, truly the nature of an eclipse like this. Um, also, just like weird political news, I noticed that was going to be happening around this time. Robert Mueller is set to testify before Congress the next day after this full moon. So maybe that's the bombshell that can drop because Also, remember, America is a cancer. We're about to have our solar return, but also our Pluto return. And so, yeah, bombshells are ripe for the country right now. There could be massive, massive political news that comes with this lunation. So let's go over the transits of this full moon. The sun is opposite the moon. This is normal. This is how a full moon happens. Um, But it does suggest that there's going to be tension there. And there might be a hard time between separating our feelings between our identities, especially because this moon is in, um, we're in cancer season with the sun and the moon is in Capricorn. So, which is all about ego and tangible efforts being made in the world. The sun is conjunct Mercury uh, because Mercury is retrograde. It's going backwards right now. So that is a super kind of intense, crazy time for a lot of people. Water signs, really sorry. Uh, Mercury in retrograde is like hitting 
all kinds of weird stuff for people like crazy because it's mercury so it moves super quickly but it's also retrograde so the energy flow is reversed from what we're used to so everything is i'm just gonna tell you it's gonna be a chaotic day just hands down period mercury retrograde always is but the the plus side is that it gives you a chance to really think about what it is that matters to you the sun will also be conjunct venus and this is gonna help make things feel a little bit better and thank god necessary like thank god there is something here helping out these oppositions and all these retrogrades the sun and venus really is a bit of a blessing but man we're really gonna need that blessing it's gonna have to do some heavy lifting to make us all not want to hide frankly um sun conjunct venus just it magnifies those happy venusian qualities and the sun will be in the side of cancer and so will venus so all those nurturing like lovely aspects of cancer in and venus and cancer are gonna be the sun conjunct venus and the sign of cancer just means all of those venusian qualities um and those cancerian qualities are going to be magnified so yay but also watch out for that dark side, especially with all of these kind of harsher, more difficult transits at play here. And not to be, this isn't to scare anybody. This is to give you a heads up so you know what to look for, so you can learn to roll with the punches, not to bury your head in the sand. The sun is still in Saturn opposition all through Cancer season, just like it was during the new moon. The sun still trying Neptune and in opposition to Pluto because these are much, much slower moving planets. It's going to take a long time for these outer planets to move out of these positions. And when that happens, we'll start to feel things lighten up considerably, especially as they move into the sign of Aquarius. But that's many, many months to come. And there's still retrogrades. They're going back even earlier in that sign of Capricorn to review any Capricornian issues around structure, law, society, politics, that need revision because frankly it needs to happen and um you know eclipse season like i said it really is just a wild card so anything anything truly is possible and with that eclipse being in the signs of all these planets that are retrograde i have a i i'm guessing it's going to have something to do with government and it's going to be about something from the past Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if articles of impeachment get drawn up around this time. Or, or there's just some sort of undeniable news that comes up about our government that is just like, that's it. That's it. That's the end. We have to do something about it now. Um, at least, you know, that's my hope. Because the right now the South Node um, is in Capricorn, which is all about karmic baggage and stuff we have to... to like let go of and in order to embrace that north node of destiny which is in cancer where the sun is um which is all about embracing that nurturing divine feminine energy the moon being in capricorn suggests that the energy isn't going to be particularly spontaneous however it's that's thrown out the window just because of the fact that it's eclipse season anything can like i said domino effect pile on some little insignificant thing can turn into something major during this transit um the moon in capricorn likes to be in the spotlight a little bit um so they like 
recognition. They want to be recognized for their hard work and their dedication. So like be aware of that energy. That that need could bubble up within all of us in some place in our chart. Uh, the moon is in opposition of Mercury, and that means there's just going to be some difficult difficulty expressing what it is that they know uh, in an articulate manner, kind of like I am, I feel right now. Um, the moon's also going to be in opposition to Venus. Um, and this this suggests that there can be some disappointment uh, in regards to romantic relationships, but also creative pursuits or financial responsibilities. Because Venus rules all those things. Not She's not just the, the goddess of love. She's also the ruler of money and creativity and just all things that sort of like bear fruit in some way. This moon's going to be conjunct Saturn. Uh, and the moon conjunct Saturn suggests that there's going to be some just very severe and if not austere energy uh, flying around. And it, it's just not... It's just not particularly fun. I'm sorry. Um, they, it could. This austerity could come from a place of being overly ambitious and not really getting what they want. Especially since Venus is op in opposition to the Moon, that just suggests there's going to be a little bit of disappointment and maybe some moody, negative feelings flying around during this full Moon. The Moon's sextile to Neptune, though, and this suggests there could be some sense of uncanny timing of things. It's not always going to be like the right place at the right time, but it could just be something really unusual happens. And it's just like, wow, that didn't just happen right then. Then uh, like the, that domino effect wouldn't have occurred. But this suggests that things are going to happen the way they're meant to happen just at the right time. Neptune is the planet of intuition and the subconscious and hidden emotional desires. It's a very, very deep energy. And when it's in tune with the moon in this way, it can guide us almost like uh, like a weird psychic ability to take us to exactly where we need to be. Even though maybe on all outside appearances, it doesn't look like we are supposed to be there. So that's where this idea comes from. I think there's going to be some interesting events occurring at like kind of wonderfully perfect cosmic timing during this full moon. So just be on the lookout for that. The moon is also going to be conjunct on Pluto during this full moon. So this suggests that there's going to be very intense feelings about, and even passionate feelings about what it is that people like and don't like, like truly bipartisan feelings and emotions about events going on. And this can play out on a personal level as well as a national level. So let's look at Mercury. Mercury is going to be retrograde and it's, it's going to be retrograde all month. So get off your cell phone when you're driving, pay attention to the road. There's likely to be more accidents than usual. Um, and also just miscommunication, missed emails, malfunctions of computers, uh, any moving, anything with moving parts is subject for failure during Mercury retrograde and Mercury will be retrograding from the sign of, uh, cancer, uh, Leo back into cancer. But during the full moon, it's still in the sign of Leo, just getting ready to head back into cancer for a second look at things. Also, um, just, you know, a little tidbit about Mercury retrograde. 
uh, people from the past tend to pop up during retrograde. Retrograde just means we're looking backwards instead of moving forwards. So that gives us an opportunity to revisit something that might might have been unresolved. Um, and instead, we get a chance to reevaluate that relationship or that event and come to terms with it. Or we can just walk away because you learned everything you needed to learn from it. Mercury is going to be conjunct Mars, which suggests that um, we're going to have, again, it's this same transits happening during the, the new moon, but we're going to want to talk about what we want to do. And being in that sign of Leo, we want to do it in a big way with a lot of flair, a lot of creativity and a lot of style. And it, it's going to want to be fun. And that'll help to lighten the mood a little bit from some of those heavier, more challenging transits. Mercury is also going to be square the planet Uranus, which is going to be kind of a, a bit of a wild card because Uranus is just unpredictable that way. But Uranus likes to think about the future and biz like bizarre is one way of putting it, but like untested, unfounded technology. It's just looking towards the future. So it suggests that we're going to want to talk about the possibilities of a better tomorrow. Uranus is at its core, a humanitarian energy and wants things to improve. So any effort to um, like talk about the future is because this is a is a square. It's uh, Uranus is in the sign of Taurus and Mercury is in the sign of Leo. It's not going to be super fun, but it can be really productive. It's just like productive and like almost in spite of itself somehow. It's going to be kind of a frustrating process to, to get these two energies on the same page, but it can happen. And when it does happen, it can be even more powerful than say a trine. Trine just means the ener energies are flowing harmoniously. Squares are challenging. and But it doesn't mean that you can't make something wonderful come from it. In fact, some of the most successful people have a lot of squares in their charts, and it suggests that it's their tenacity, their ability to get over the obstacles, which makes them successful. And people who have a lot of trines and easy flowing aspects kind of just tend to have stuff handed to them. So it's not necessarily better, it's just a different way the energy plays out. Venus will be trine Neptune, suggesting there's gonna be some fortunate social interaction, some easy flowing social energy that almost feels like kind of faded uh, or there's a, a psychic connection going on between you and your your friend crowd around this time. Um, Venus will be opposite Pluto though, which is a little bit more challenging. It suggests there might be some power plays going on. So even though you're having this harmonious social interaction, you can see right through somebody's BS who's trying to control or manipulate the situation at this time. Mars will be in Leo and Mars loves to be in a fire sign, um, but it just means that his actions are going to be a little bit more incendiary than usual. Um, and the big transit with Mars during this full moon is that he's going to be square Uranus. And this is just kind of a, a quirky aspect. Um, don't expect normal aggressive behavior. If there's going to be aggressive behavior, it's going to be something really random and weird. Uh, something that's sort of like, like maybe over the top or uncalled for because Leo has that sort of flair for the dramatic and Uranus is just the oddball kind of weirdo. Don't know what you're ever going to show us planet. So it's again, it's just unpredictable. This 
I mean, it's an eclipse. There's a lot of unpredictable and intense transits happening here. So just, um, you know, it might not be the best night to go out and have a like a big bash out in public somewhere. Maybe plan on having a quiet night at end. Spend some time meditating. So with that, we're gonna take a quick music break and I'll be back with your questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation right after the break. This is Thunderstruck by ACDC in honor of that thunder full moon in Capricorn. <laughs>
Nothing like a little ACDC to get you in the mood for meditation, am I right? Eclipses have a way of being a guiding force that can put us exactly where we need to be to help us along our way. They can help to shift our focus. So just because something is ending or beginning, it doesn't mean that something else is, isn't just waiting to get started right around the corner. So I know, I know, I recall from eclipse seasons past, uh, how challenging these kinds of transits can be, especially if they hit your chart or your close friends with somebody whose chart is affected, that can affect you too. Um, Our challenge right now from the universe, according to these transits, is to embrace is to embrace that divine feminine energy and those nurturing aspects of ourselves through society. We can see this being challenged by Saturn and Pluto riding the south node, uh, currently transiting through Capricorn, which is the sign of the establishment. We can see this manifesting in America as our government is literally keeping children in cages at the border, separating families, and forcing teens to take care of infants while denying them soap and basic hygienic needs while all turning a profit. That sounds horrible. Um, If we want to level up and raise our vibrations collectively, I suggest one thing. Nurture. Nurture yourself when you are weak. Say no to others when you need alone time to recuperate. Say yes to helping those who genuinely need it. Know that it's okay to accept that it's not possible to save every single sad person, puppy, and kitty, and tree. And it's not realistic or in the realm of reality to do it on your own. You risk becoming a sad person, puppy, kitty, or tree if you run yourself ragged and try to please everyone else all the time. It's really easy to feel overwhelmed by the news these days and these transits have a say in that. But know that there are still plenty of good, hardworking people who believe in magical, infinite possibilities and that anything truly is possible in this world. Change is possible. You don't necessarily need to know all the details of every little thing before it happens to be a part of something amazing and bigger than yourself. One thing astrology does more than anything is that it reminds us that this too is just a phase. And the law of the universe tells us that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. If you're feeling overwhelmed, it's important that this too will pass and there will be happier times ahead. Whatever you're going through, it'll eventually end, shift, and transition into something else. It's inevitable that these dark times will eventually get brighter again, but it takes people like you listening to this right now to be that little ray of sunshine where you can be, when you can be. If everyone truly does what they can, when they can, just think about the massive amount of shift that can occur very quickly. So this month, during the full and new moons, that'll be going through these crazy eclipses that can really turn the world upside down, especially with all these retrogrades. It can be a really dramatic time for some of you out there listening. So just nurture yourself and do what you can when you can. And when you don't feel like you can do anything, you can always just be kind. 
Hold the door open for someone else. Look your cashier in the eye. Say please and thank you. Resist the urge to flip somebody off in traffic. It's hard being a wild creature in this seemingly uncivilized world uh, that can sometimes feel so savage. But nobody here is perfect. Imperfection is the enemy of good, and frankly, it's boring. A little chaos can bring clarity. So these two signs are all about cycles and structure, the divine feminine and the divine masculine, and the push and pull between these binary polarities. The way they are expressed are unique to everyone based on their chart, but taking time to honor both expressions and nurture each of their needs within us and our daily lives can bring us balance to an otherwise stormy sea. How do we do that? We can start by exploring the concept of releasing the feeling of lack. Lack of opportunities, lack of love, lack of resources, you name it. Lack is at the core of a lot of aggressive behavior. Look at Hera's. Her story with Hercules, her lowest vibrational behavior came from jealousy, which is essentially a lack of security in one form or another. She felt insecure within her relationship, so she targeted the progeny of her partner's infidelity and used Hercules as a scapegoat for those not unfounded feelings, but it it created this whole cycle. Her reaction was passionately misguided, and as a result of her cruelty, Hercules became a god, a full god, upon his death, and according to legend, still lives on Mount Olympus with Hera today. Probably much to her chagrin. Talk about an awkward living arrangement for all of eternity. So to avoid such awkwardly ironic situations in your life, try to find balance between logic and emotional responses. So I suggest meditating on releasing a a lack and a fear of lack. And during these lunations this month, give give yourself time to get grounded and focus on a feeling of gratitude with each breath. Focus on something that you love about yourself. Let this feeling of love of yourself for being exactly who you are, where you are in the world, fill you up. After all, you are the only you, and that is unique and important, and you have a unique and important story to tell too. Remember that feeling of love and try to let that loving energy shine through you in your day-to-day interactions with people. Try to be the light when you can, and when you can't be the light, try to be kind. Here's your questions for mindfulness and reflection. What areas of my life do I have a knee-jerk gut reaction? What is it regarding? Is there anybody or any situation that I can recall having been catty in? And if so, is there an opportunity that I can identify to mend that bridge? If not, can you figure out a way to quell the negative response? This might require you to be the bigger person, but that's okay. And finally, how have I grown from challenges in the past? I think that one's going to be an important one for a lot of people because I look at these transits and not to scare you, but they're not going to be easy ones. Um, 
And thinking about how we've succeeded and overcome challenges in the past can give us the courage to keep going forward in a tough, tough situation. So that's that for this episode of Blood Moon Milk. Thanks for joining me. If you would like to support the podcast, subscribe to The Daily Dose. It's a daily email newsletter that is a $5 a month subscription, and it comes out Monday through Friday to help you... uh, navigate these planetary transits and it's super cute and animated and illustrated by me your host aurora um adam is off this week so it's just me putting this episode together thanks for listening here's one last song to play you out i hope you have a wonderful cancer season and get in touch i love to hear from you guys this is the song light to play you out by the artist san holo hope you enjoy Oh, also, as a reminder, most of the songs I play on the podcast are also on the Spotify playlist. You can find it at the website, bloodmoonmilk.com. Thanks.